Alright, welcome to Seishura. I'm Elaine. And I'm Scoot Magoot. And guitar solos. We all love them. <laughs> the, the stars, they're just like us. Um, <laughs> God. Is, is, this, is this the way that the episode's already going, Scott? Have I already driven us off a cliff? Like Thelma and Louise style? Or... No, we're we're gonna start slow and then it's gonna okay. crescendo, you know, towards the end. And, and, you know, and then, yeah. then then the cliff will happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But just and like a guitar solo, we're we're gonna we're gonna hit our just stride. Just like and... Thelma and Louise, which is which is my favorite movie with a guitar solo in it. I even though I've never seen it, I don't know if it has one. Um, I'm I not honestly, here today, so I, I would love it if just like randomly out of nowhere there was like a Bill and Ted style. Like guitar solo scene in Thelma and Louise. That might make it like a must watch in my mind. <laughs> I, I, I would love, you know, I, I think life in general would be much better if we had like Bill and Ted style guitar solos that just break up everything every so often. <laughs> yeah, like the only sound effects. Radical. Like <laughs> yeah, apparently um, they're doing a new one, which I'm, yes. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about. Because I, I, I haven't yeah. seen the second one, so um, That's yeah. That's good. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I love the first one. So it doesn't have quite the charm or the novelty of the first one. I mean, still, how, how could it though? Fun. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, it's still fun. They did, you know, as far as yeah. sequels go, they did a pretty good job. I but... think. But what, what was more interesting for me, and actually to bring this around full circle, uh, Alex Winter uh, is actually working on a Frank Zappa documentary. Uh, oh, cool. Who you know is famous for his guitar solos. So yeah somehow we kind of brought it full circle anyway okay so i would say as far as our segues go that was a pretty good one because some, some of our segues especially well, specifically my segues are pretty pretty bad yeah but i think that's part of the charm yeah, um that's true. <laughs> anyway so we're uh, we're talking about guitar solos um you know i think both of us having sort of come from like generally like on a rock metal kind of background you know that was kind of like the go-to for us that was i mean at least for me that that was like the ultimate thing was to you know imagine yourself up on stage just shredding a solo um you know still something i like to hear from time to time even though my tastes have expanded um a little bit more but um so basically we are going to just go back and forth talk about our some of our favorite guitar solos uh, and sort of their own impact on us, things like that. All right, so uh, let's just start off with a handful of uh, honorable mentions first, uh, because I don't know about you, Scott, but uh, this was uh, painful for me to, to compile, and uh, I, you know, it, 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 it took some time to to kind of get the ones I wanted uh, and sort of figure out what where what would be where kind of. Sure. Uh, but do, do you want to start us off with some honorable mentions? Yeah, I mean, I definitely have um, a more complex relationship with guitar solos. I didn't really like guitar solos for a long time. And I think it's just, it's it was specifically the way that they are used in a lot of um, metal and rock Yeah, just, uh, just like kind of like masturbatory. Yeah, like it's it's part, partially that where it's it just, it to me, it's like obviously, you know, every guitar solo for the most part takes some cues from the song around it but a lot of times for me some of the more prominent um 
you know, bands in, in just metal and rock that I listened to growing up from, you know, my parents or CDs around the house. It just felt like it was there just because, okay, well, now it's time for a guitar solo. Mm. You know, like now, like now is the time um, that, like, in every, every metal song around that era um, that we usually solo. But, uh, I mean, some, some pretty memorable solos that kind of helped me change my mind on that. I mean, there, there are way too many Metallica ones to, yeah. to, to mention. Like, I was trying to think of a few, but there's just there's so many. Um, I think in general, Slayer's Angel of Death, which, I yes. mean, for a number of reasons... That was just like such a, I mean, such a great song, but it helped kind of bridge the gap into, because um, it, ha- it had a lot of the elements of what I liked about like newer death metal and deathcore, but it was, you know, obviously it was older, it had a lot of, you know, thrash, and just in general, like, I mean, everything about that song is awesome. That, 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 um, that's an awesome song. Yeah. Um, they, I, I, can I just point out, though, that Kerry King doesn't really like solo, he just kind of like bangs on his guitar for like a few seconds. I, yeah like i don't get me wrong love it but like it, it's it's such a strange soloing like it's such a strange technique i guess it really um, is i mean i, I think yeah. that it, 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 it matches the song really well for Always sure does but still for sure um i, I guess it's thing off the top of my head i didn't have a, a ton written down but um uh, there's a solo in oddly enough other than all the songs you'd expect off of uh Songs for the Deaf, right? The Queens of the Stone Age album? Yeah. Yeah. The, the other song I had on my iPod, this is when I only bought individual songs. Um, I love the song Little Sister. And that has like a really, really cool um, guitar solo that takes the refrain, like, you know, after, after um, well, I guess not the refrain, but after the chorus, he does like a, a little like slide melody. And then it goes back to the song. But towards the end he takes that slide and then it's like it, it erupts into like a really really cool solo um but in general yeah i think it's just taken me a while to um come around for me usually most solos like i i enjoy but they don't really stick out to me so the ones that i i or rather they're not the most memorable parts of songs for me personally um but i think that the five solos i pick will show Kind of what I look for in a great guitar solo. I think they are really great examples of, of what a good, you know. I think people think of guitar solos in a very certain way. You know, like technical, flashy. You know, mm. that's just like the, like the quintessential guitar solo. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely only one face of yeah. of something much bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, yeah, it's like I, it's it's funny because I I mean I come just from the complete opposite side. Like yeah, I just I, yeah I, I fucking love guitar solos. Like, uh-huh. like I've loved them for a long time. Um, you know, so I just, I, I had a handful of, of matches I just wanted to get through really quick. So, uh, the, so the initial solo in, uh, Santana's, uh, Black Magic Woman, um, that, that always sticks with me. I, mm-hmm. I I'm actually surprised that didn't make it onto my, now that I really think about it. Um, actually, now that you mentioned it, that was one I was throwing around. Yeah. Uh, this is a weird one, but, uh, Hoist That Rag by Tom Waits. Uh, Mark okay. Rebo has this really awesome solo in it, and actually, the only reason I didn't include it was because um, the only version of Real Gone, which is the album that it's on, it that's on streaming services, is uh, like this remastered one that sounds like ass, frankly. Uh, like, <laughs> like, like Real Gone is like really, really lo-fi, and for some reason, Tom Waits was just like, "Fuck it, let, let's just make this sound like a normal mastered album," and it just completely ruins 
the album for me. Oh, uh, that's funny. So I, I, I didn't even want to entertain listening to that version. Um, yeah. Uh, Pink Floyd's Time. Uh, mm-hmm. Surprisingly not comfortably numb. I Good solo, but kind of overrated, if you ask me. I, I really like Time. I think it's just maybe because, um, you know, as a teenager, listening to that song has, has you know, a, li- a different flavor to it than it used to. Um, mm-hmm. Or th- th- than it would if you were, like, an adult, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, Alter Bridge's Blackbird. Uh, kind of a weird pick, too, but I really love that song. I, I you know, Alter Bridge is an, is an underrated band, in my opinion. Um not not exactly my favorite by any means, but like I, I I feel like everybody is like willing to give anything that has Mark Tremonti involved with it, like just like a thumbs down, uh, which I, I I I get, but like still not totally fair. Alter Bridge is a good band. Blackbird, great track. Uh, Guns of Roses, November Rain. That I, I was I was kind of flirting with that one too because I, I, I just love that last solo where it slashes on the piano if you watch the music video. Mm-hmm. Um, th- that's that's a fun one. I, I actually used to know uh, one of the earlier solos, November Rain. Uh, like I, I used to know how to play it almost in its entirety. Um, the intro to Metallica's one, uh, not, not the ending solo, but the solo at the beginning of the track. I... I Love that one. I think uh, when I was writing for Heavy Blog, I included it in our favorite guitar solos, uh, like an article that we did, mm-hmm. uh, just because I, I felt it was such a powerful, powerful piece of music. Mm-hmm. Uh, Porcupine Trees Arriving Somewhere But Not Here, um, really, really just like an example of like very emotional solo, not necessarily like technically, uh, you know, powerful, but like... Mm just very uh getting to the heart of the song uh frank zappa's watermelon and easter hay uh pretty much the only good thing to come out of joe's garage you know i unpopular opinion but there we go uh prince's purple rain oh by the way i just got i love your subtle campaign against joe's garage oh god i I just i hate that album so much (laughs) so funny no i think it's hilarious Um, i appreciate it I, I I wish I didn't dislike it. It's yeah. just that like I, I just do not see what people see in it. Sure. Um, but anyway, Princess Purple Rain. Um, That's a great one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, classic. Uh, Black Sabbath's Paranoid. Uh, I I just always loved that solo. Like it was like, Paranoid was like one of the first riffs I ever learned. Like I yeah. I can almost play the song in its entirety just because it's I mean it's really easy and I'm not a good guitarist so. Um, and finally, this is a weird one, but uh, Perpetual Burn, which is an entire album of shred guitar by uh, Jason Becker, who's... I, I, I used to be obsessed with this album in high school. Like, obsessed. Uh, how I don't have a copy of it today is beyond me, but hmm. fucking great, great shred album. Like, one of the few shred albums I would actually recommend to people who don't like the style of music. Mm-hmm. Um because it's, I mean, like, you, you know what you're getting into. Like, it's going to be a little masturbatory, but, like, it, it, it's it's still really well composed and, like, performed. So, mm-hmm. anyway. So that is what I have. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm actually, there are a few honorable mentions you, you mentioned that I, I probably could have as well. I, I definitely, um, a lot of the songs on early Black Sabbath. Is just this, you know, paranoid. Oh yeah, just, they're just great. great NIB like a Geezer Butler solo on NIB. But I mean, yeah. that, that, that's bass solo, but I mean, you know, hey, still. still cool. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, let's just 
start into this. Let's go with you. Um, you have uh, animals as leaders, wave of babies. Yes, which it's funny we were joking. We'll get to um, Elaine's pick in this category in a little bit, but it really this is you know kind of like a where's the solo kind of song because yeah. obviously he um, you know Animals as Leader is really well known um, you know instrumental prog bands you know kind of the the, the poster children for this like hyper technical like if you like bands like you know polyphia now and whatnot there's so many bands that kind of sprung from like this hyper technical like as many strings as possible kind yeah, but, of but prog metal maybe russian circles eh, kind uh, of i mean they're more on the, the post metal end but like i mean i, I think yeah. that um i i i, I weightless really grabbed me um more i think they're self-titled i didn't love how it was produced but I've always enjoyed what they were doing. I think that they do a really good job with um, this style of like proggy shred, where it's it's more memorable. They do a better song with the songwriting, and I think that's probably best seen on this track. And it was, I think it was a sponsor video he did with EMG, or it was one of his. This is Tosin Abasi, the the main guitarist, where he's just performing, and it's one it's one of my favorite. Uh, performance videos because he's wearing like a really really deep V, a blazer like really <laughs> like almost like almost like capris and then like a um, like a hipster hat and he's just like hanging out shredding he, like it's effortless he, he's, just, he's just rocking it he's just yeah and it's oh I forget the channel but there was this dude I think he worked for Gibson he did a series where he talked to a bunch of contemporary guitarists about their style and he's sitting there with like his six string, Tosin has his like you know his eight string, and he's just mystified at how he does this. He just oh he w- does. W- was I was that the guy with the uh, he he has like a, a mustache kind of like yeah 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 yeah, I, yeah. I, I've watched that movie I've watched that video a couple times of just because he plays a couple of things from Weightless um, yeah and like I I, I want to say like an infinite regression I want to say yeah and and yeah just 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 like the the, the shit he's able to do with just like his thumb is, is, exactly. is just amazing. And um, it's funny because when like the guy, the interviewer asked him like, how the hell did you learn all this shit? And he said, yeah, I just watched like eighties hair metal guitar tutorials. <laughs> yeah. Like, 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 you know, you know video so by funny. mail stuff. And he said, I remember yeah. he's like, you learned to do this shit from fucking eighties, like hair metal guitar videos. Um, but yeah, I, I mean this. So I, I, I have to ask like, why uh why wave of babies because i i had actually never heard this song before uh because it's like a standalone single yeah uh i think just because it helped me you know this is around the time you know their self-titled ambos leaders came out around the same time you know periphery like all the kind of gent prog metal type stuff and i really i didn't dislike the album but i thought the production was rough i still think now i'm not as picky about production you know I, I think it depends on the album but even today i think it, it's definitely not as well produced as the you know the albums that came after so it just it just really it didn't buy and i believe this came out in between their self-titled weightless and this yeah. single and this particularly that video it really i, I just have nostalgia for it because it helped me get and it was like it just it clicked for me because like the, the production didn't bother me and i could just watch him do what he's doing and, and especially like in the first solo i mean first of all in general i love how 
he blends like the heavier chugs and just the way that the, the song progresses, even though it's really just him like going ham for five minutes on the guitar. <laughs> yeah. But in like the the first solo, just how effortlessly like to me, I I can't play guitar. It like it, it freaks me out thinking about doing that on six strings, but he's doing it on fucking eight. And especially when he gets to like the end where he's just like sweep picking, like just the amount of focus, well I mean for him it seems effortless, but the amount of focus it takes to like make the that sequence of notes work, you know, like focusing on just keeping that consistent motion you know, just kind of like strumming up and down in a very, yeah. you know, mechanical fashion and then just dancing on the fretboard. I mean, it's just, to me, it's just, it's, it's a soul that's memorable to me. And as someone who isn't a huge fan of guitar solos, that's why it really sticks out is that I can, like the, the very first lick, like when he launches from like the heavy chugs into the, like, like it's just, it, it just, it, it's so, it's such an earworm for me all the way through. I just find I just find this inclusion to be really interesting. Just considered how like how strange of a journey you've had with prog metal. Yeah. And your thoughts on guitar solos in general, or at least your what, where you came from. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 a really I mean it, it's a great song. Like Animals as Leaders is a great band. Yeah. So, but I, I yeah. think that's why it's always stuck with me because it's just so, um, like it really like when you listen to a band that you think you don't like or a style you don't like, and it just really, really grabs you. Like, it usually mm. can have, like, an even greater effect than if you hear, like, a good song from a band you do like. So I think that's why it's always stuck with me. And obviously, I mean, if you listen to it, the his chops and his technicality speak for themselves. So Yeah. I, I think it's cool that, you know, because I, I like, a lot of Shredders that I, I think, you know, he probably, you know, you know, followed a lot growing up, like... I, I feel like he was able to lay down like good songwriting on top of that. Yeah. Whereas like a lot of those shredders that came before him don't really have that same talent. Exactly. Um, you know, but anyway, so, yeah. Um, I, I guess I'm going to go with my next, yeah. uh, that, that is, uh, the first track off of Alice in Chains's, uh, EP jar flies, which is a mm-hmm. uh, rotten apple. Um, which I, so like, I, I think, from from this start, you can kind of see where this is going to go because uh, there are a couple things in in this track in particular that show up pretty much in almost every other one of these. Is that like I I love wah like I love hearing a wah pedal for some reason, uh, and I I didn't really realize it until I was putting this list together. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I'm I'm a sucker for that wah, um, you know, and I I just like. I, I sort of like how it's able to uh, sort of push the expressiveness of the guitar to begin with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, which I think is already a very expressive instrument already, you know, so it's just, you know, it, it, it adds just a whole depth to it for mm-hmm. me. Uh, and Jar Flies is, is I, I mean, I, I love Jar Flies. I think it's like, it's like one of the few EPs that that's around that like, I think are, act, that's like actually worth like owning and like really listening to, um, which I, I, I guess just just because there, you know, I, th- I think when I got into this album, uh, there weren't a lot of EPs that like were actually EPs in my mind. Like mm-hmm. a lot of them were just like tracks that were going to be on the album that was going to come up, but they were like, "Fuck yeah. it, let's just do it now." Anyway, so but the Rotten Apple course starts about like you know it's 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 basically like the first thing you hear. It's about like three seconds in, if I remember right, and it's seven seconds in, and it, it just I'm it's just Jerry Cantrell just you know having like this really strange 
Like the the wah is like super heavy on this thing, and uh, the melody it ends up going into, you know, uh, sort of leads into is just it like it's a very mysterious song, um, and for like a, sort of like what was supposed to be kind of like an acoustic EP, it, it's really cool to see uh, this sort of like electricity flying through it. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I've always just loved Jar of Flies. So. Um, yeah, and I have to say, I, I mean, some of the some of my comments won't be specifically guitar solo related because I really appreciated the list you put together for this. But you know, as some, I just haven't listened to a lot of Alice in Chains, just no particular reason, just haven't. Yeah. Um, you know, I always think of you know Rooster, Man in the Box, like all the songs you'd expect. But every time we've listened to, kind of an you know, a deeper cut, Alice in Chains yeah. song, I'm always like, man, they fucking rock. Like they're really Al- good band. Alice in Chains is such a great yeah. band, but like, like in my mind, they are like one of the two best bands to come out of the grunge. Like, I, it's of the grunge scene. It's like it's them and it's Soundgarden in my opinion. Like, yeah. And people were like Nirvana, but like, I I don't think Nirvana even holds a candle. These guys. Yeah, um, frankly, I, I, I mean, something I love uh, or that I've learned is I like when. I mean, to me, the guitar solo really. Um, it's woven super well into the track. Like it feels mm-hmm. like part of it. And I really like guitar solos that open up songs or at the beginning of songs. Like I feel like it, it draws you in, especially if they're, they can find that, find that balance between, you know, I'm not showing off. I'm just trying to introduce some really cool ideas. Yeah. And obviously like this isn't full out blues. It's still, you could definitely hear like the, the you know, the grungy tones. Um, mm. But like, I, I, I always forget how much, influence from like blues or like the grittier side of 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 music that they they take from i mean mm. this definitely of all the the bands that are considered grunge every time i listen to a deeper alice Chains song it just it feels like what like grunge like the onomatopoeia the grunge yeah should sound like definitely and the solo it's funny you mentioned because yeah it, it's a funny way to put it like the the wah but it, it added so much to this solo like it just it felt so much more soulful so much more um, has, you know, it just increased the impact a lot. So mm. I thought this was a great way to, because you know, I just listened in the order you put it on our, our uh, Apple Music playlist, but I thought this yeah. was a great way to kick it off. I, I loved the solo. I loved that it was clearly, I would say, like, maybe not technical, but what it was. Like, he was showing off his, his skills and he was being, he was proficient. Yeah, but it, I mean, it wasn't like over the top technicality. Yeah, but it definitely, you know? like, it, it it struck a perfect balance. It wasn't too flashy, but also it really did contribute to the songs. And it, but it, and it showed yeah. some really cool chops. So we, we, I, I was a so big fan. When you were talking about, because you, you just reminded me, I actually wanted to bring this up just a little bit um, of just sort of how we define guitar solo. Because I know for me, I, I the best way I can describe it is like, it is the song erupting, basically. Like mm-hmm. if, if a song is a volcano the solo is like the eruption it's the first yeah. instance of lava pouring over the side if you will mm-hmm. um like it's it's sort of it takes all the energy that the song has either created or can create in like in this case since it's at the beginning and um you know is is able to sort of match it and sort of you know uh give further definition to the song i guess mm-hmm. um you know i i i feel like that definition will vary depending on who you're talking to but sure. for me like and i think for all of my picks i think that kind of ends up be- becoming uh you know kind of obvious for for my picks anyway so 
Yeah, but and I, I think that uh, you know, this is a great track to kind of discuss that uh, that point because you know obviously this comes you know you know yeah. few seconds into the track and immediately you realize it's a guitar solo. Like I think there is just something very distinct about uh, guitar solos that differ from you know like regular riffs or you know whatever you know normal guitar sounds are to you. Like it definitely feels much more expressive, much more like the guitar is talking and like you said the guitar is an excellent. Um, instrument for that. I mean, it's kind of the same way yeah. with, uh, with the saxophone. You know, so yeah, saxophone, like a really a number of jazz, you know, prominent jazz instruments. So, mm. yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the TLDR answer is you know when you hear it. You know a guitar yeah. solo when you hear it. But I think, yeah, it's just the, it's the song kind of breathe, you know, breathing an extra bit of life or, you know, a little bit of extra, extra finesse, extra, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, whatever, whatever flashy adjective you want to put out there. So, uh, I guess we'll just go to your your next track. Yeah, actually, it's funny that I just said flashy, uh, you know, flashy panache or whatever, because this this guitar solo has very little technical components to it at all. I, but I honestly like so. I mean, but let's just we're, we're talking about Dreamhouse by Deaf Heaven. Um, but where exactly is the solo that you're talking about? Because I've listened to this thing a couple times now, and I don't know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> at the at the very end, like after he, he like he says like I want to dream, and then it's basically just an extended arpeggio. It's like it's like it bear, it really borders in the line of what people yeah. feel would consider a the, solo. That, that that's what I thought going in because I, I i was like i was almost gonna pick that bone with you and be like scott i don't know if this counts as a guitar solo or not but i'm like as i kept listening to it i'm like ah no no it's like yeah this totally counts <laughs> i mean it's it's one of you know arguably maybe like the least technical guitar solos i've ever heard but in terms of really providing that um like that perfect crescendo that perfect for me, it's just it's it's the perfect finale for the song. It totally fits what the song is doing. Oh yeah, I love when it you know it just it kind of takes an already like big ex, you know explosive crescendo into yeah. Like it, the, I mean, it, it, Dreamhouse is an intense song. So. Yeah, and it just you know you think you think it's it's you know, already reached a peak. You know, with the whole you know I'm dying is a blissful refrain that everyone <laughs> it's become such a meme at this point. But yeah. like even after that, it takes it to a new height. And then I I love you know the the very simple but you know kind of transcendent if you'll allow me to be pretentious uh <laughs> kind of guitar refrain but then at the end when it just he just um takes it into this you know really wall of sound you know like tremolo picking which i think is maybe a little a little bit outside of the walls of guitar soul but i think is a bit of an extension of it yeah, and I, I, i'd still count it yeah and and even though it's so simple it's just i think that's why one of the reasons i well i mean i picked it because it's one of my favorite guitar solo it's one of my favorite metal songs honestly i think it's um i think it's just it's when i heard this song i knew this album was going to be big just because that was just such an incredible statement but i think also like you don't have to have an incredibly flashy um you know incredibly flashy solo for it to like go and unquote count I, as a solo definitely not. i, I mean look, look at like uh like a pink floyd i mean david gilmore's solos for the most part or at least his more well-regarded ones are never like really flashy. They they they're very emotive. They're they're very expressive, but they're not technical. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's it's like especially in this track. I mean, I mean that's kind of obvious. If it was like a super technical guitar solo, it would just it wouldn't it wouldn't fit. It would sound really weird. And I think that's mm. that's that's kind of my main point. Is 
I like guitar solos, and as, as you'll see throughout my other picks, I like guitar solos that just, they fit the composition and they feel like, like the perfect accent for what, you know, the, what the preceding track and composition has sought to accomplish. Like it really, it's just like the perfect um, summation of everything the band has done to that point. So yeah, mm. I mean, even, even though this really is, I think I saw someone describe it as like a glorified guitar, like warm up exercise, which like point taken. Yeah, kind but, of, but but still, I don't like, know, it's, it's still a good song. It's still a good solo. You know, it, it, again, it, it doesn't, you know, just because you're not sweet picking everywhere and like, because maybe, you know, I don't, just because you're not rocking like an Ibanez with like a Floyd Rose, you know, that it, it doesn't mean shit, frankly, because you, you can, like, a, a guitar solo really, like, I feel like the parameters that make it what it is are very small. Like, I don't think they're limited to technicality. So. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, not not every. There's a reason not every song is eruption because if if yeah if you had a guitar solo like that in some songs, it'd be like, what the hell's this guy on? Oh like, yeah, what's, I mean, what's going like, on? I I love eruption. Like like hearing that song for the first time was like a game changer <laughs> for me. Like I was just like, wait, people can like somebody can play like this? Like what? <laughs> like it was just so fucking cool. But yeah. like. That being said, like to hear it in the middle of like a Deaf Heaven song, or you know, it's just no. Like, like I think part of that has to do with the, you know, sort of recording style as well, because it's just a very raw, and noisy type of album. Like, mm-hmm. if, you know, it, it just sounds super lo-fi, and I like, I feel like Shred sounds best where it's like it. It sounds best when it's like overproduced almost. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's as strange as that is. Like, like the, there's just something really quintessential about like hearing like. Joe Satriani just like, or you know, or John Petrucci just just going to town on their guitar, with just like this like really slick, really just like compressed to hell production. Um, but anyhow, let, let, let's talk about the exact opposite of that. <laughs> yeah, let's let's talk about your example of just like one long solo. Yeah, ex- yeah. So uh, my example is uh, Funkadelic's uh, Maggot Brain, uh, the title track of the album, which is like basically just a 10 minute long solo by eddie hazel uh apparently the story is that uh when they were recording it uh george clinton told eddie hazel to play it like he thought his mama had died and then found out that she was still alive i i think that's how the story goes i like like the way it's worded sometimes it sounds really strange on like like on wikipedia and shit like that so I'd, i've never been able to like definitively put the story down but that's what i've got of it but Mm -hmm. it is like from the minute that like eddie hazel starts playing it is just such like uh just an all-encompassing performance for me and just like how he's able to just bend these notes up and just like the inclusion of wah in it and you know to be fair as it progresses near the end it, it can get like a little um it, it overstays its welcome very slightly i think uh but you know i i think there are certain parts during that overstaying that like he gets into like some like feedback and like you know it's it, like it, it sounds almost like hendrix hendrix-esque almost mm-hmm. uh it's just i i've just like i like i remember seeing always looking up like all these like best guitar solo ever web pages and stuff like that all those listicles 
and not one of them had maggot brain on it and i just don't understand it because like you know you're like everybody's like oh yeah stairway to heaven but it's like like bitch like <laughs> have you have you listened to maggot brain like you know like the the stairway to heaven soul is what like a minute long this is this is like nine minutes of 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 Eddie Hazel just like basically crying through his guitar. Yeah. Like go go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, anyway, see, so yeah, I, 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 I think in some ways that's song. kind of emblematic of of like when people comment on like stuff like I I feel like it's just such a safe answer. Like everyone, yeah. it's just a, well, a it, reminder it, that. It, it, if if it's if it's not Stairway to Heaven, it's comfortably numb, and if it's not comfortably numb, it's Hendrix's version of Along the Watchtower. Oh yeah, that's because I feel like again, it's a reminder of how how differently people view music than you know people like you and I do. Um, yeah, that it's just it's so it reminds me of <laughs> like the the people who are just like fucking Slayer, like just <laughs> just Slayer. people people whose like musical musical awakening you know, happened decades upon decades ago. It's just, or I, I, whenever I think of Slayer, I always think of that, um, that episode of South Park where Cartman is trying to destroy all the hippies. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, like, we're going to drill right into the middle of this concert and put a Slayer CD into the PA because hippies hate death metal. (laughs) So like, it's just like, what? (laughs) Uh, Um, But yeah, like I, I, I think I listened to Mega Brainy. You let me borrow it a while ago. I haven't listened to it since that I yeah, can remember, I, but I, I don't know if we ever really talked about it. So. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's just such a. I mean, I mean, it's kind of a cop out word, but like it's such a fun track. Like it was so. I, I know that you were talking about like the the themes might not be super fun, but just yeah. in terms of like ease of listening, like this is just su- such a. Yeah, it, it it sucks you in. Yeah, it just you know like like you know I'm gonna take you for a ride, and then like you said, the whole the whole song is pretty much a solo. Like you're just you're sucked into this. And I feel like to me that that's a bit different. Like I feel like this is this doesn't fall into shred because there's so much more emotion on it. Like there, like you said, there's some very technical aspects to this song, but you know, more importantly, he's trying to convey a feeling. He's trying to convey, mm. um, you know, kind of an atmosphere. And I. I, don't know, I, I really appreciate it. I, I, I kind of felt bad that this was my first time listening to Funkadelic in a while because it really, I mean, just based on this song and based on just what I know about it, this is definitely an album that I think I would like. It's more. So, like, I, I will. It, it's a great album. I love Maggot Brain, but mm-hmm. uh, this, the title track isn't necessarily very indicative of the entire album as a whole. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I remember there being, especially the first track, is a lot more, you know, fun and upbeat. Um, yeah, like, like once you get past Maggot Brain, it 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 it's almost like whiplash for your ears because you go from like this very emotional yeah. piece to just like nuts, <laughs> like just just like just straight up like acid drenched funk, uh, you know, and, <laughs> and just b- bizarre shit the likes of which you've never heard before. Uh, and I say this as I I actually just like literally like I think before we we turned on Skype. I finished listening to Parliament's um, Mothership Connection, which nice. is like another one of my favorite funk albums. Yeah, uh, just it's it's they're, they're both great. I, I love them both, but like they're fucking weird because George Clinton is a fucking weird dude, and like I love him to death, but he's fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Anyway, let's 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 stop talking about Maggot Brand. Let's go on to you with your next one. Uh, well, we are really ricocheting from Styles with the, oh yeah with this episode. Oh, just you wait. <laughs> yeah. So this is um. This might seem like because I mean this isn't really. I, I really want to know the story behind this because I have never heard of this band before. Yeah, this is like, this is one of the best uh, metalcore bands you've never heard of, in my opinion. Like from the like the twenty tens, like late two thousands era. This is uh, the Eyes of a Traitor, and the song is Talk of uh, the Town. Uh, so just just for starters, I have in my teenage years, high school years, I probably air guitared to this solo more than any other. <laughs> any other like you know metalcore deathcore song and actually it's funny because there's another solo you know I, I saved this honorable mention for now because it's relevant um oh i forget the name of it just because uh there's a band called all shall perish which everyone said was like you know the only one of the only good deathcore bands yeah i would I, I always i mean I, I always thought they were fine but i don't know like i, I feel like they kind of um they kind of didn't know what kind of band they wanted to be. That was always my issue with them. Is like it felt like sometimes they're like, "Oh, we're a death metal band." No, no, no. Wait, we have to be deathcore. And like, I would, <laughs> I just, I would prefer, you know, I prefer bands that just kind of embrace whatever they're going to be. Um, but they have a song called "There Is Nothing Left" that has a great solo at the end. I honestly don't even care about any, any of their songs, but I just thought the sol- the solo in that song is amazing. And it was funny because I showed Lauren this single the, for the All Shall Paris. There is nothing left and uh, talk of the town by eyes of a traitor and she said all show pair that single is more impressive technically but the eyes of a traitor song it just i feel more from it and she said it in her typical like mimi way which is really adorable but <laughs> yeah like to me this i just core core music quote unquote is just not really um like, I, there aren't a lot of solos, maybe because I wasn't listening to it, but I just feel like soloing is not, like, the main component, obviously. It's, you know, just breaking down, being brutal and whatnot. But yeah, what I really... Like, that, like, melodic metalcore, like, a lot of those people would, like, you know, straight up just rip from Gothenburg. Yeah. Like, they're, they're super, like, solo, solo-y, you know, very, very melodic in their guitar lines, things like that. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like, well, I mean, this album in particular... Uh, I was really bummed when they broke up because I found them um, with this album. I'm trying to find the name, but there are so many great songs in this. I feel like they strike the perfect balance between like kind of that new age hardcore and like melodic metalcore and stuff like that. Uh, they broke up after this album, which came out in 2010. It's called Breathless, um, and something about the way that they just find like a perfect balance between melody and heaviness, in my opinion, in, within this style, uh, there and it's still kind of loose. Like there are other bands, like I, I loved a band called For the Fallen Dreams, mm. and while I still liked them, like their early two albums I listened to are extraordinarily mechanical, like just super, like you know, drum triggers to the max, like just very, very rigid. And this had like a little bit more life, a little bit more. Like they're they're from the UK, and you could feel kind of like that gallows esque like UK hardcore energy. Mm. And this song in particular, I love the main melodic guitar refrain that you know yeah. with, with the chorus. And this is a great example of how like when the song's ending, it's you know reaching a climax. It just they take that guitar hook and just immediately like they perfectly crescendo into the solo. Which I mean, not that it's a not that it's like the most groundbreaking solo you'll ever hear, but for me, it just was, 
I have so much nostalgia for it because it's like the only it's like guitar solo from like this general era of my music listening, you know, like the metalcore, deathcore I listened to in high school that like I, I listen to all the time. Like I would listen to the, the song for like this solo. I would, I would literally, I'm not kidding. I would do, you know, air guitar in the mirror like every yeah, time I, I listen to it. I, I totally get you. Like, like yeah. it actually took me a couple listens to actually find the solo though, as strange as that is, because I think I, I, I think I, I got it like conflated with that melodic line that yeah. showed up over and uh-huh. over again. But like when I finally just listened to it, I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. I think that I think that, that enhances it so much more the fact that like you kinda have a mini solo in a way with the way I think it's it sounds like tapping. Like just kind of uh yeah. let's it's, having it's refrain. Something like that. It, yeah. it it reminded me a lot of um Unearth. Like they there are a yeah. couple of Unearth songs yep. that, that had like a lot of like some of that tapping going on. That like I, I I just you know would just get like the biggest musical boner for back in the day. So <laughs> um. yeah, and I I hesitated to put this on just because it's just so like every other band that we're talking about is like pretty well known, and this one is is not really at all. But yeah, just for for me, this was. Um, this was like one of the only guitar solos I cared about for a long time, so it was kind of hard not, kind of hard to exclude it. So that's where I'm coming from. Yeah, I I totally get you, man. This yeah. like, I, I I just like I had never heard of this band, and then when I looked up the song to to find like to put it in a playlist, I I was like, look at the album cover, and I'm like, this is the most 2010s album cover I've oh ever seen. Oh my god, it is it is yeah. It, really <laughs> it, is. it was it, it was born in hot topic. Absolutely, it's almost. Just, it's that's so true. It's it, it's 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 just glorious as a piece of history, I guess. <laughs> um, all right, so we will move on. Yes. Uh, this is. Uh, maybe kind of a normie pick, but I, I love the song. It's uh, Scar oh, Tissue no. by uh, Red Hot Chili all. Peppers. Yeah. Uh, I I just fucking love Californication. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite albums ever. Uh, but the, the the solo that I'm talking about is uh, the final solo that ends the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, it starts at 2:47. About. Uh, I mean, I I've always I've talked here before about how much I love John Frusciante's guitar playing. I I think he's just such an amazing amazing guitarist um but this is like for me like one of the heights of, of what he's capable of mm-hmm. just like i think part of it has to do with sort of the production around the guitar like i don't know if he's like using like an a wah or like what exactly is going on to make his tone sound like it does but it adds so much to what he's doing and it's 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 like i mean similar to uh dream house like it's not a very technical solo but it's very emotive and it just it sort of takes kind of like all the pain that you know scar tissue you know like the the song itself has has just kind of had embedded in it every so often Mm -hmm. uh and just kind of like put it all into like just like this one single solo and it's just just the perfect way to end this song frankly yeah um I mean, I I wasn't even thinking about considering this, uh, but when I started looking through it more, I'm like, it, it, it like th- this has to be here. <laughs> oh, I mean, it, it's a it's a great solo. There, I mean, there are so many guitar parts throughout the song itself that kind of yeah, you know, like build up toward that you know great final solo. Um, yeah, like I, I mean, I think maybe folks would say like Almond Brothers or any of those like Southern rock, um, mm. in terms of like. 
uh, I don't say realizing, but finding like learning about like what the the slide is and yeah. like how that. But like this was my first. I remember hearing it on the radio. Cause obviously, this is one of their most popular songs, and I was like, "That's so like how?" Because it sounded different. Like I really liked the song, but I was like, "How's he making his guitar sound like that?" And I think it was on Fuse. I don't know if you're, it was kind of like edgy MTV or VH1. I don't know if you remember it. I vaguely remember. But it. there was, I think it was Steve's rock show. It was so, he just he played like modern like rock and metal, you know, like hardcore videos. It was pretty cool. And like he played this video one time, and just seeing him. That's just such a cool. It's just a fun way to like thing to watch. Like how mm. like it's just it. I don't know. Like it, it's it might sound silly to, to, to say, but just like the the act of of using the slide and the effect it can produce and how I, I honestly didn't even realize that it was a slide. Like it, it took me this long to kind of figure it out. Which thinking about it now makes perfect sense yeah especially it, just, just just the way the notes flow into each other and everything exactly like it just uh, it produces such a yeah. cool effect i love how it sounds um you know I, i've never i listened to californication recently off your suggestion i really really yeah. enjoyed it but yeah there are certain songs of theirs um i've listened to forever that i just i think are awesome this is this might be one of my favorites i mean they they pretty much all their um they're big hits. It, it makes sense why they are because they're you know really well written, really unique for modern rock. You know, they're yeah, kind yeah. of the influences, the genre that they bring in, and this is just such a cool, cool, cool song. Love it. Yeah, fucking fucking love this track. I I'm still waiting for Red Hot Chili Peppers to announce some sort of album this year. Let let let's hope so. Yeah, because they're <laughs> they're back. They they kicked the young kid out, and they're back. Yeah. they're back together with the yeah with the Fushiani. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, but so your next one is also a very, uh, I mean, it, some might consider it normie. I, I for one love it. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't care. This is this is one of the first songs that came to mind. Um, it's just, it's such such a great track from one of the best rock, one of my favorite rock bands ever. It's uh, Tom Sawyer here. by Rush. Yeah, it's 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 a normie pick. I'll admit it, but yeah, but when, still awesome song. I mean, Moving Pictures is just like one of those albums that's like basically flawless. Oh, it's such it's such a yeah. such a great album. Um, l- l- like l- listening to this again, I'm like, oh damn, I need to put on Moving Pictures again. Yeah, like, I mean, I did the exact same thing. I just I listened to the whole album, and you know, I instead of just um, like after I listened to the, this song for a while, just to you know kind of recall, I was like, oh fuck it, I'm skipping the whole the whole record on, but. Yeah, this was one of the first classic rock songs where, like, I found myself every time I would listen to it. My dad had a, uh, I've mentioned before, a Russian Rio DVD. Oh yeah. Um, and then he had, uh, I think, a few different compilations. And obviously, this is one. This is one of everyone's favorite, you know, Rush songs. It's just, I mean, it's, it's Rush's most iconic song. Yeah, like, it's such a great, without a doubt. And frankly, ev- everyone has some kind of. Solo. I mean, especially. I mean, Neil Neil Perth's solo is fantastic in this. Just it's so so iconic. But to me, every time I listen to the song, I found myself actually like looking forward to the guitar solo because mm. it just it fits so perfectly. Like it's just it's exactly um, to me. This is why like this is the one like traditional guitar solo, probably the most traditional guitar solo I included, um, perhaps uh, because. You just you want to hear a guitar solo at that moment, at least for me. Like every time it's on, you're like, man, like I just this would be so great if a guitar solo happened. Oh wait, here it here it is, yeah. and it's awesome. And you know, obviously, um, Alex Lifeson is is a fantastic uh, 
guitarists, they're all great at their instruments. I mean, like, is, they, is they, there, they really are. Like, there might be one of the, the tightest, just, you know, musically proficient um, trios in rock or like bands in rock. They just, all of them are so equally gifted and they each equally bring something great to the table. Like, on Definitely. every track, you know, you know, bass, synth, um, guitar, drums are all doing Vocals. something interesting. I, like, you know, yeah. say what you will about Getty's Leeds vocals. I fucking love them. I do so. too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know if there's I, a lot more you want to say about it, but just for me, it just, like, as soon as the solo comes, I mean, this is one of those, if you've heard it once, I don't I don't know how you can't love it, just everything about it. And I think the yeah. solo I, is a big reason why. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I, I this is one of the few rush lines that I don't think about the solo in, as oh, strange as that is. Uh, not not to say that I don't think it's bad. It's just like I, I I it like I always think of the main riff of Tom Sawyer because it's just like that that it's just such pure rush for me. Is it's just da na 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 da na na na, you know. So I, I I don't just tend to think about it in uh, you know you know I I like like when the solo comes like I enjoy the hell out of it. It's just I I just never think about it until it comes. I guess. Yeah. Um, but that being said, uh, my next pick is also a Rush song from Moving Pictures as well. And it's uh, YYZ or yeah. YYZ, depending if you're uh, Canadian or not. Uh, it's Z. It's it's not Z. I'm I sorry. I, it's not. As a non-Canadian, YYZ actually sounds kind of cooler, but we, we don't call it that here. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. But I, so uh, it's the, one of the instrumental tracks. I think it's the only instrumental track, actually, on Moving Pictures. But... Um, mm-hmm. I love Alex Lifeson's solo in this one because oh, it's yeah. just, it's so fiery. Uh, and it's just like, it, it's a little more technical, I would say, than Tom Sawyer. Just just a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, and then what, this is this is really strange, uh, but what makes this solo one of my favorites is actually not the guitar, but whatever wooden percussion Neil Peart uses during this section. Yeah. I, like for some reason, like it is that like that is my favorite part of that song is 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 hearing that like that wooden slap. I just <laughs> I just love hearing that, it, and it comes at just the perfect time. And just I guess the way everything just comes together in, in that section. I mean, in the whole song, but you know, I just that part in particular. I, I've just like it, it has like this you know kind of um almost like like an like an Arabian type of quality to it. Yeah. At points too, and I, I just I, I I always loved how that sound how it sounded. Yeah, so <laughs> no, for, for sure. I mean, th- this is um, I mean, Rush was a pretty big band for me. This honestly was one of the first instrumental tracks where I was like, man, I, I really I fucking like this a lot. Yeah, <laughs> like it just it was one of the first where I di- you didn't find myself missing the lack of vocals at all. Like it just, oh yeah, it was, I mean, it, it, I mean, it, it basically just grabs you by like by the shirt collar. And yeah, just, because you know, launches you through. There are so many virtuous, you know, virtuos, whatever the how you pronounce it. There's so many great parts that showcase each of the members, you know, technical prowess. But the way that they, like you said, like when they have those breaks for their percussion, or when they, um, the way that they structure the track, or especially in the middle where they have like you know the. The, the drum break and then the way that the guitar come back so comes back a little bit different every time it's just so fucking cool like they just they, yeah. they found such a great way to have a jam track that still it's, felt like a song yeah it, it's it's just super well tempered i think yep. you know what what's nice about it is that it's 
it's technical without being flashy, like, yep. like overtly flashy, I guess. Because, mm-hmm. because, like, I think that's the difference between like listening to like Rush and like listening to Dream Theater. Is that like, like, it, like I love Dream Theater. It's like, yeah, I, I think I think they're a great band. But like, every time I listen to a solo from them, like it's it's like this monumental, you know, event, you know, with with all caps <laughs> that make up yeah. that word, you know, and, and like they're they're awesome. It just it just feels like it's. It's it's always just like this big thing that like oh the spotlight has to come on to John Petrucci or Mike Portnoy and it's just like like with with YYZ like they they just kind of trade off the duties to each other and it's just very lighthearted in a sense yeah for sure so um, all right well we are on our last picks so let's talk about your last pick. Yeah, and this is uh, this is kind of in the same vein as Dreamhouse. I mean, it's 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 a bit more technical. It's obviously a lot less melodic. It's uh, Rattlesnake, the first song on uh, Saint Vincent's self-titled album, which is is still to this day my favorite of hers. And I've been aware of Saint Vincent for a while before her self-titled came out. She's since become one of my favorite artists, but I just never really loved. I never loved, like I enjoyed. I thought you know. Marry Me, um, you know, was nice. Actor. Strange, Strange Mercy's cool. Um, I even... Well, I have, isn't Actor one of those? One of her yeah, albums? A- a- Actor's yeah. cool. Uh, I think yeah. the, the collab she did with David Byrne, even though it's it's very much just Annie Clark, you know, trying to <laughs> trying to make a Talking Heads record with, with David Byrne, you know, trying to emulate her best, which isn't yeah. a bad thing, but just it, it's kind of what you expected that album to sound like is, is what it sounds like. Um but I think what I love so much about the solo at the end of Rattlesnake is it's pretty simple, but just I think she really embraced. She was always a talented guitarist. She always, um, you know, in general, was a really talented songwriter. But I love this album for its edge and just the way that she um, perfectly captures like just like fiery, fierce rock energy, but still with kind of like a pop songwriting and just like really catchy hooks and and, and just super weird mentality yeah like, exactly it, it, it's it's a weird song yeah like there i mean throughout <laughs> the entire thing it's, it's it's definitely still a pop album you know it's, it's written in, in a way that um so the choruses it, it, it's definitely has a, a lighter air it's you know i guess more not really avant pop but it's it's it, i guess art pop but yeah this solo, I mean, and part of it was, you know, I really liked the the solo to begin with, but it was, just, I don't even know where this performance was, but it was a really well shot live photo. I think I sent you the link to it, but um, YouTube you did? video. Um, and it, I didn't ask you to watch it because, you know, I, I think the solo itself speaks for itself, but just she ad libs live, like just to make it even more noisy and just more like kind of out of control. And it just, it, it, it helped me win me over because I liked this album the first time I heard it, but then hearing her perform this song live and then I revisited it and just really appreciated how she's able to balance like these really noisy, weird, and she, she does this throughout the album. She'll like have a pretty melodic song and then she'll really turn up the, the, like the, the angst and the really, the noise and the intensity of the guitar. So I think this is just a great, Example and in general, I just, I think it's really cool um, to see um, to see that in art pop. I feel like nowadays art pop is definitely more on the 
electronic edge, edge of the spectrum, like what you yeah. expect. And it's definitely, it, it's not, you don't think of it as a, a rock-based genre. And I like how she's very clearly making pop songs, but is still holding on to a lot of the things that make, um, that make rock, you know, such a compelling genre for making catchy and memorable and, and just really, really fun music. I mean, you know, obviously it's not, it's not the song we're talking about, but, you know, Digital Witness, the kind of the lead single or the main single on this is just such a catchy, infectious song, but it's still so weird. And I think Rattlesnake yeah. sets the tone for the album perfectly in that regard, where, like, it has some, like, catchy, like, whimsical, fun aspects to it, but then you have that really, like, you know, intense guitar solo at the end, so... Yeah, and I, I mean that the the tone of that solo, like whatever, yeah. like I, I, I think she's using like an octave fuzz, mm-hmm. um, like it has definitely some sort of like pitch shifty qualities to it, mm-hmm. and like I, I just love how like it, like how much space it takes up in the mix. Yeah, yeah, but Absolutely. like it, it, it really just gives it its own energy. It's really like a really cool way to sort of. Like it, like it, it definitely feels like an eruption of the song. Like it just feels yeah. like all of that weirdness kind of just compiled into like you know ten seconds. Um, yeah, no, it's it's a great little song. It's still fucking weird. Uh, yes, <laughs> like because I it's been years since I've listened to Saint Vincent. So like when I put it on for the when I put it on again, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, just just like, like the beginning of that song. I'm I'm like, like it's it's it, it's kind of like. Like, if you just heard the beginning and you didn't hear it repeated, you'd be like, "How does that work?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, but 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 she finds a way, and I really like that. So yeah, and, and part of me hopes that she, um, she returns to this. I mean, her um, Mass Seduction, the new album that came out, is yeah. is cool, but it definitely it's a little, it's much more on the pop, um, and, and it has that booty. But, yeah, yeah I think it's a good album. I think it, it definitely. I mean, obviously, everyone different strokes, different folks. I think it pissed people off more than. I guess I didn't think it was so weird for her to put out an album like that, especially if you think about the way that her career trajectory is, you know, has kind of progressed over time. But mm. I do hope she returns to this style because I think this is easily her best album, and easily just kind of the the, the coolest use of her songwriting and especially her guitar work. So. The real question is: w- Would you rather have a new St. Vincent album where she's doing this again, or would you rather have her doing a collaboration with PJ Harvey, like you always talk about? Ooh, ooh! I just I think that would be such a cool. Yeah. <laughs> um. I'd really, I mean, I'd want to hear that collaboration. I just yeah. I think they would bring so much to the table. I think that they would complement because they they definitely, I think they would interlock in a really interesting way. Uh, I, I honestly, and it's one of those cases where you, you can definitely hear her talking heads influence, um, you know, throughout her whole career. I mean, it definitely, it, it fluctuates depending on what album you're listening to and obviously what song. Um, but so like when she collaborated with David Byrne, it's like, okay, I, I pretty, could probably guess what this is, is going to sound like, yeah. but I feel like PJ Harvey and, and her come from such a different, um, but somewhat adjacent styles that it, they would really create something interesting. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll never fucking happen. But a boy can dream. Hey, n- never say never, man. Yeah, that's so, true. I, who would have thought that Metallica and Lou Reed would make an album together? So hey, that's you know. that is a great point. Yeah, that is a very um, good point. And that's all we'll say about that. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of Talking Heads, my last 
track is uh, Talking Head Song, and it's uh, Born Under Punches, which um, I don't know if you would count this as a guitar solo or not, because there's obviously some sort of, you know, computer manipulation involved Mm -hmm. with it, but I just love how it fucking sounds. Uh, It's around two minutes and 36 seconds in, uh, and it just, like, it starts off with, like, that, like, kind of wavering bend, and then it just blast off into like digital mayhem and i i just have always loved how that thing sounded like i i just think it's so fucking cool um like just glitchy and like it it, it it's, it's 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 almost like like someone like it, it, it it's it's like eno and burn like went into the future and took like an apex twin solo from like one of his albums and just plopped it right in the middle of their album like it just yeah. feels so out of its well, time. That's a fun way to put it. Yeah, I could see that. Like it, it, it just has like the, this IDM like erraticism to it. If you yeah, will. yeah, for sure. Uh, again, like not not really sure. I, I'm counting it personally as a guitar solo. Uh, and it was actually like one of the first tracks I thought of when uh, I was making my list because I I, I just like. I, I think it's so awesome. <laughs> I just fucking, like... I mean, Remain in Light is, like, just a great album anyway. Mm-hmm. But, like, I just, like... I could listen to that Born Under Punches solo over and over and over again. Because it just interests me so much every single time. I think it's just, like, being interested in glitch music and things like that. And, like, IDM and just, like, you know, modular synthesis to begin with. It's mm-hmm. just, like... You know, it, it, it just sparks, like, the, the, the right part of me. So... Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I talking heads are great. Like, I don't, yeah. I just haven't, I haven't listened to them for a while. But as soon as this song came on, I was like, here we fucking go. Yeah, like let's <laughs> do this. Like it was this. I mean, again, I know that you know we're talking about guitar solos here, but like this song is amazing. Yeah, like, I forgot how much uh, I. I'm I, a tumbler. <laughs> yeah, born under punches. The, I'm so uh, thin. <laughs> Obviously, you know, once in a lifetime is the first thing that comes to mind. Um, so the, talking heads, I, but that's this song is the first thing that comes to my mind. Yeah, for, but like you know, it's obviously because I just haven't spent as much time with them. But th- th- this is the only song on your list where I had to check uh, the timestamps you sent uh, just to, yeah. to figure out where it was. But this totally counts as a solo, and it rips. Like it's so. Yeah. I mean, maybe that, that's not the right <laughs> verb, but it, it is just I, it is such a cool cool fucking solo like it's just it's it fits the song perfectly it it works as a solo in the way that this kind this entire album works as a talking heads album Mm -hmm. because like you know it was it was mostly recorded during like you know jam sessions and then like you know and burn would just like take sections of it and just just like you know loop them and things like that Mm mm-hmm you know, it was so like it, it was it was like an album created entirely in the studio in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, so like it it kind of matches the whole idea that you know <laughs> we're we're taking a guitar solo and then we're just fucking it up. <laughs> but it it just it great. works like so so fucking well, and it's just such a it's just such a great song. And now like I'm I'm really really stoked to. Um, you know, to to listen to this again in full. I haven't I haven't listened to, um, I've been listening to them for light. a while, but yeah, they're you know really really great I, band. I, I was actually having the same thing. I um, so I ended up taking a copy of, of my copy of Speaking in Tongues and putting it in the car, but I still mm-hmm. haven't listened to it yet. Um, at some point though, 
uh, yeah, speaking in tongues was actually the first Talking Heads album I got into. Uh, I, I just, I didn't like Born Under Punches for a very long time. Like, I thought it was just too stressful of a song. <laughs> too stressful of a song? Yeah. Well, just, just, just like that, that riff and sort of the way it repeats. Like, I was just like, how is this a song? <laughs> like, <laughs> But you know, like you know, you, you kind of have to wait for that moment for things to just kind of click. So yeah, and boy, did it. Um, okay, well, let's talk about albums of the week. Let's do it. All yeah, right, so and I'm going scoots. first. That is yeah. how the order goes. Um, that is how it goes. Yeah, I um, we had my mother-in-law up this weekend and we watched this show called I think it was called The Politician uh, I thought it was I thought it was okay it's just I mean it's another one of those like rich people behaving badly kind of shows and like <laughs> I'm just not really like I don't know eat the rich I'm not really about it but anyway um, the I don't know why like I don't know where it's based it feels like it's based in in California so I'm not sure whether I use this for this the theme song but they use um, Chicago by oh. Sushant Stevens off of uh, Illinois. Oh, okay. I, I I thought you were said like I think it said the the band Chicago. And I'm like no, nice. No, but, but then you're like no fuck it. <laughs> they use and like in the song they prominently reference Chicago and it definitely doesn't take place in Chicago. So I it's kind of weird. But uh, I for I'm like hey, what a great song. I haven't listened to Sushant for a while and I have a uh, I have it on vinyl. So it, it I, you know I, I like the way vinyl sounds and every time I put on one of his albums, I think I have most of his records on vinyl. Um, I was just like, shit, this is amazing. So, you know, it, it's been a long time. It's it's one of the most celebrated indie blogosphere approved albums of the of the 2000s. And it's it's really good. You know, like, I've always been a big Sushant fan. You know, it really, um, his career has, has shot in a bunch of different directions. Uh, you know, like I, I kind of became, I, Found it, found out about him from Carrie and Lowell, and I think only like one of his other albums is even in the wheelhouse of that album. But he just he's really good at making. Hopefully, the new one that's coming out, you know, later yeah, this year. I'll be interested because the lead single, I feel like it go in some ways it had an Age of Ads vibe, where he definitely delved a lot more to electronics on that album, um, and then. In well, other... I was just—I I just remember looking into it briefly, and they—they they were saying that like he considers it the follow-up to Carrie and Lowell. Which, yeah, because I feel like there was, it definitely, there was some emphasis on like the singer-songwriter aspect of his sound, but at the same the same token, the music kind of reminded me of a lighter Age of Ads. So mm. I'm really, you know, I, I, I get a lot of out of every album he's released. Uh, I think he um, he just has a really unique way of, of crafting songs. I think he's a really talented songwriter, and I'm glad that a show that I ultimately didn't end up caring for reminded me that I like him. So yeah, yeah. Uh, you, so you are talking about Illinois though, right? Yeah, Illinois. Not, not Karen yeah. Lowell. Okay, that, Which, that's what I thought. Just want to make sure. It's uh, it's funny how like he, I guess at the time he had people believing he was going to do the like a fifty state project because he released Illinois yeah. and then he released Michigan, and then he was like, no, nah, I'm just kidding. I'm not actually going to release an album for all fifty states. And it's like, I mean, did anyone believe that? <laughs> I then, mean, Magnetic Fields put out some really weird crap. You know that <laughs> that that's just like you know, overindulgent kind of. Yeah, like I could see it if it was um oh, or like the... um or even like mountain goats. I mean, like like what I'm trying to say is that, is that like having 
huge overarching like kind of themes like that that tie ties entire albums together or series of albums isn't really like unheard of yeah in but just like, like sufyan's wheelhouse kind yeah of. the way like i think nothing i know much about uh, guided by voices but i know that they have they just have like a, a, a huge discography or like they might be giants or whatever how they they just put out a ton of material just the yeah. way like the pace at which sushan like writes and, and releases music i just i mean he'd be dead before he finished his his not to be morbid but he would just he wouldn't survive creating like <laughs> unless he just started rushing them towards the end and obviously you know who wants that so yeah um yeah so the <laughs> what is your album of the week i uh that's been tough because uh i just like the other week i just took like a huge stack of cds out of my collection and just like slapped them down at the desk and just started listening to them because they were just like all stuff like I haven't listened to for a long time, mm-hmm. and uh, so I had this on yesterday, and it's uh, "Boy in the Corner" by uh, Dizzy Rascal. Oh, okay, um, yeah. yeah, just k- kind of a weird pick. I, I just like as I was listening to it again, I'm like, fuck, like I, I, I never realized like how much I listened to this album. Like I, I think I put in like a lot of listens to it because like I just knew like every single part of that album, and <laughs> it's I, it, it's super good. It's like. I, I, I think what attracted me to Grime, like, and specifically to this album, was, was just how strange the production is for mm-hmm. an album that includes, like, you know, a, a very large amount of, like, hip-hop influence. Yeah. And, you, know, you have Dizzy Rascal rapping over the, the entire thing. Like, I, I just love, like, especially, like, just sitting here, like, the, the opening track, just, like, that that beat that happens in, like, that, uh, the, the, the synth, um line that gets repeated like Mm -hmm. it's just so bizarre because like you know for me like you know hip-hop and i mean i i i I, there's a lot of historical context around this that just like you know a lot of hip-hop was you know initially created from you know old soul samples and things like that yep and and you know i obviously like things have changed a lot since then you know we have people like dialect using like noise and shit like that you have, uh, you know, you have Mad Villainy that uses just pretty much any album you can think of, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, you, you, you've got, like, all these different directions, but I've always thought it was cool to hear, you know, uh, an artist take, you know, sort of a hip-hop edge to, like, electronic music. And, like, while I think for a lot of people, like, that adds up to, like, Massive Attack... Or like something in like a trip hoppy kind of way. I've always like I really like grime sound. Like it just has like this this blatant edge to it that really just like excites me. Like I just like like uh, do you remember um, Vince Staples' uh, Big Fish Theory when that came out? Yeah, because I I was kind of hoping when I listened to the first track off of that. I think I think it was Bucket Full of Crabs. I, I'm not sure. I, I can't really remember. But, like, I, I was hoping that it would be, like, not necessarily, like, a grime album, but, like, you know, a hip-hop album that used a lot of electronic influences to create, like, sort of a new sound. And, I, I mean, I don't think it really did that. But, you know, I, I just... All this to say is I, I think this album has just such a cool sound to it, and I love listening to it, and I'm glad that I put it on again because mm-hmm. I forgot how much I loved it, so... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely, um, I think, you know, when I, first time I ever listened to Grime, I was like, I mean, this is just hip-hop, except, like, UK. But then the more you listen to it, you're like, well, 
Like it just it, it is very just. There's a reason it's, that it falls it's, under its own bucket. Well, it, it's just it, it, it's 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 a very strange genre because like you know it it definitely has like that rapping aspect to it, which you associate with hip hop. But then like you know if you look into Dizzy Rascal's like career, like he got started being just like you know like a dance hall DJ mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and like. It's considered like an off, like grime is considered like an offshoot of like UK bass or, or something like that. Like it's, it, like it, it has just really strange historical connections to other UK genres, and it's just it, it's really cool to see music being just this big melting pot. Yeah, of, for sure. Of sounds. So, yeah. Okay. Well, that has been our episode this week. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week. See ya. Right, bye. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, if you're interested, uh, you know, if you want to hear more, just, you know, listen to us on uh, iTunes, Pod, Apple Podcasts, Android Podcasts, anywhere you can get a podcast, basically. Uh, we're on all of it. Uh, if you follow us on Anchor, too, you know, whatever works for you. And uh, definitely be sure to follow us on Twitter. And if you ever have any suggestions, topics you want us to talk about or questions, anything like that. Uh, be sure to email us. Yeah, uh, we're at, at Seishira Podcast on Twitter, and our email, I think, is Seishira Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, as always, thanks for listening. Yeah, appreciate it a lot. Bye.